0: Taiwan reported 555 domestic COVID cases on Friday. Among them, 297 were newly confirmed cases and 258 were retroactively added to the case counts of previous days. Taiwan also reported a new single-day high of 19 COVID deaths as well as a potential COVID-related death of a 36-year-old man. He was found dead in his home in New Taipei one day after being diagnosed with the disease. If investigations conclude that his death was due to COVID, he would become Taiwan's youngest victim of the virus.
1: This case, number 5791, lived with his family members who were diagnosed with COVID. Because of their diagnoses, he received a test on May 24th and was diagnosed on May 26th. He's likely to be the youngest COVID death so far. There are now several cases involving relatively young people. In these cases, we're not seeing the typical pattern of respiratory symptoms worsening gradually, of pneumonia worsening gradually. This is indeed a development that we need to
2: evaluate.
1: <laughs> After this patient was diagnosed, we immediately made arrangements for him to stay at a centralized quarantine center. Further investigation is needed to determine the cause of his death.
0: The new Taipei man is believed to have had metabolic syndrome, which may have increased his risk of developing severe COVID symptoms. Taiwan rolled out its third batch of AstraZeneca vaccines on Thursday, and so far, more than 7,000 healthcare workers have gotten the jab. But the health minister says there's still a long way to go before reaching his vaccination target.
1: The vaccines were distributed yesterday. The number of people who got vaccinated isn't that high. There were 7,697 vaccinations yesterday for a total of 333,716 vaccinations. I've been observing the progress of vaccinations in other countries. It appears that vaccinating 20% of the population has no effect on viral spread around 20 to 40 percent, you'll start to see a small effect. More than 40 percent of coverage leads to good results, and more than 60 percent contains the virus. So
0: far, only about one percent of Taiwan's population has been vaccinated. The health minister says 10 million shots will arrive by the end of August to get Taiwan closer to the goal of 60 percent coverage. And now the latest on domestic vaccine production. Medigen Vaccine Biologics has begun making its COVID vaccine candidate so that it's ready to go once it has emergency use authorization. Medigen is aiming to roll out the vaccine by mid-July. Meanwhile, United Biomedical says its own experimental vaccine should be ready to administer as early as August.
3: Domestic vaccine production is critical to Taiwan's pandemic defense. High hopes are pinned on Medigen, which has already produced several batches of its vaccine.
1: of course, after the vaccines are produced, we put them in storage. As of late May, we have administered the two test doses to 3,800 subjects. Over the following month, we'll gather data on the vaccine safety. After we collect all the information, we'll unblind the data. If it's all good, we'll send it to the Food and Drug Administration. We're making good progress.
3: If all goes to plan, Taiwan will soon have a third option besides Moderna and AstraZeneca. Medigen is already building a stockpile of its COVID vaccine, which awaits an FDA evaluation. It plans to submit its Phase 2 clinical report in early June and to apply for emergency use authorization in late June. That means the vaccines could be available as early as mid-July. Meanwhile, United Biomedical plans to submit its Phase II clinical trial results in mid-June and to obtain emergency use authorization in July. Its vaccine could launch as soon as August, one month after Medigen.
1: By mid-June, all the blood samples from the test subjects should have been sent to Academia Sinica to carry out the relevant antibody tests and assessments. We should probably be able to obtain an EUA in early July.
3: Amid a growing number of local infections in Taiwan, United Biomedical says it may carry out its phase 3 clinical trials locally instead of in India.
1: Before, we didn't really have patients who acquired the infection from the community. Now, we do. So we could carry out phase 3 clinical trials here. We're able to take two kinds of vaccines and compare how each of them do. That way, we can see how much protection our vaccine offers.
3: With community-acquired infections mounting, Taiwan could become the phase 3 testing ground for local vaccine developers. If the vaccines succeed in trial, they'll help protect Taiwan's population and stand a better chance of selling overseas.
0: With case counts continuing to rise, the central government says it will explore the possibility of creating makeshift medical facilities for COVID patients. Central Epidemic Command Center head Chen Shih-chung says many countries have already done the same to cope with their COVID outbreaks.
3: In this animation, a 3D model of a negative pressure isolation unit is built from the ground up. Last year, National Chenggong University and the firm Bioarchitecture from Rosana designed this mobile medical unit, which looks like a simple modular home and can be constructed in just three days. It has four pings of floor space, two pings of patient sleeping quarters, a one-ping washroom and a one-ping workspace. It can serve as a quarantine space and provide medical services like x-rays, as if a miniature hospital. The prototype design was released last year as an open source document with an invitation to the world to download and use free of charge. Now, amid Taiwan's local COVID surge, it's once again captured attention. With hospitals overcrowded in Greater Taipei, there have been calls for the government to build makeshift emergency hospitals to provide centralized care for COVID patients. On Friday, the head of the CECC said it was open to the possibility.
1: Looking for ways to construct medical facilities outside of the pre-existing facilities? That's something everyone does, and we will not be an exception. We'll do this to whatever extent it is possible. To be prepared is to be safe.
3: The issue of makeshift hospitals reared its head this week after several mild COVID cases were found dead in their homes or quarantine facilities. Some experts propose building emergency field hospitals like the NHS Nightingale Hospital in the UK.
1: In the future, as this epidemic develops, perhaps we'll find alternative ways to handle COVID cases. Alternative solutions, like the one mentioned by the reporter who raised this question, will be in constant communication with the central government over each and every potential alternative.
3: Local officials said they hope to explore alternative quarantine solutions with the central government. Experts warn that many supporting measures are needed to support the creation of makeshift hospitals.
1: In these makeshift facilities, you'd ideally want patients to be situated one to a room, and you would need appropriate medical manpower, enough physicians and enough nurses. That way, if something goes wrong, you'd at least have the manpower in place. With COVID-19, sometimes the patient deteriorates quite suddenly after symptom onset.
3: With medical resources stretched thin, The CECC said it was open to adopting practices used in other nations to safely situate confirmed COVID cases. At its morning press conference Friday, the Central
0: Epidemic Command Center addressed a wide range of issues, including problems with its contact tracing app, virus test kits being sold online, and the personal privacy of COVID patients.
3: Local COVID cases have surged in Taiwan, with case counts in the triple digits recorded for 14 straight days. With authorization from the CECC, local governments have been releasing information on their COVID cases. But with some releasing much more personal information than others, the CECC came out Friday to announce guidance on what can be disclosed.
1: In general, personal information is not to be disclosed. What can be disclosed is age and sex, but we've only been releasing the age ranges. In addition, with regard to the case's place of residence, only the name of the district is to be released. As for the patients' close contacts, we are only to report the number of family members and healthcare workers exposed. In principle, we should not disclose the person's place of work. If it is necessary to disclose it, then whether it's a public or private entity, there must be communication ahead of the disclosure. As for disclosing the venues visited by the case, specifics on private venues, one's own home and other personal spaces are not to be made public. But if the person used public transport, then that can be disclosed, because there's a greater possibility and range of exposure involved. As for public venues, if that venue has implemented real-name registration, then contact tracing can be conducted accurately. Because contact tracing can be done with precision, the name of such public venue should not be disclosed.
3: The CECC addressed a problem with its mobile app, which lets users know if a recent close contact tested positive for COVID-19. CECC Deputy Chief Chen Zhongyan confirmed that as of May twenty fourth, only 29 COVID cases had updated their status on the app. He said work would be done to improve the app's effectiveness.
1: Users have to download it, and the act of downloading it is voluntary. Confirmed cases and other contacts must have already downloaded the app before the app can generate an alert. Because this is a tool for COVID prevention and control, if a confirmed case wants to activate the alert, it has to go through the local health authority for data security purposes. During our national epidemic prevention meeting a few days ago, we reminded health officials of city and county governments to help confirmed cases update the app.
3: The CCC also addressed the rise of online listings which purport to sell COVID rapid testing reagents. Chen said that selling such products was illegal, and that all COVID screening should be conducted by medical personnel.
1: Today, all the quick screening tools approved by the Taiwan Food and Drug Administration are only authorized for use by medical personnel. Taiwan has yet to approve a single fast screening product for personal use.
3: In response to recent cluster infections at senior care homes, the CECC called on them to stop admitting new residents. If an admission is deemed necessary, the individual should present proof of a negative COVID test from the last three days and self-isolate for 14 days. Also on Friday, the CCC announced that its pandemic meetings with local officials will no longer be held every day, but rather twice a week on Tuesday and Friday.
0: A COVID relief bill is pending approval in the Legislative Yuan, and it could mean a cash handout for families. The Cabinet says under its COVID relief plan, families will get a one-time payout of 10,000 NT for every child up to 6th grade, as well as every child with a disability up to 12th grade. This relief program, which will cost $25 billion NT, is meant to support working parents affected by school closures. The Cabinet says there will be no income restrictions to receiving the payment. Finance sector is a place of repeated COVID transmission. More than 40 finance professionals from more than 20 companies have become confirmed COVID cases. Some banks have now applied to the Banking Bureau for special permits to reduce their opening hours to protect employees. If the situation deteriorates, some bank branches in Taipei's Wanhua District might even suspend operations.
1: The pandemic continues to grow in Taiwan. There are continuous chains of transmission in the finance sector, and banks are getting more cautious. Some plan to adjust their branch opening times.
3: This branch is almost empty of clients. It's a digital bank that capitalizes on online services and has fewer than 10 brick-and-mortar branches in Taiwan. Now, opening times have been cut back due to COVID.
1: As it is now, I think it is better to shorten opening times. It's also safer for bank staff.
3: To stop the spread of the virus, banks have applied to the Financial Supervisory Commission to adjust their hours as appropriate.
1: I think closing banks will have too many ramifications. When it is necessary to adjust opening hours, banks can apply to us for permission according to the law.
3: Suspending branches altogether would have too many knock-on effects, says the Banking Bureau. But there could be a let-up in the form of reduced hours, and a special law could be invoked to allow banks to close in the worst-affected hotspot, Wanhua, if things get worse. The finance sector is a locus of virus transmission, with over 40 finance professionals from more than 20 companies infected.
0: Leisure and entertainment venues across Taiwan are suspended as part of the level three COVID alert. For many big chain companies, the sudden interruption of income is crippling. It's a struggle to stay afloat for big franchises in sectors such as food and drink, wedding banquets, and fitness.
3: A notice on the door of the gym says temporarily closed. Once popular exercise machines sit cold and silent. As part of the Level 3 COVID alert, all big leisure and entertainment facilities must suspend operations. That's pulled the plug on income at this big gym chain, which has 154 branches and 50,000 members nationwide.
1: The pandemic has had a gigantic impact on us. Our membership fees are a main source of income in this period we have no income, so we're supporting our branches to negotiate with the landlords and hopefully get rents reduced.
3: This manager revealed her company is renovating its branches to avoid putting employees on unpaid leave and this wedding planning company is facing hard times too. Banquets are off the table due to COVID. For this banquet hall of three decades standing, hundreds of weddings are postponed, and 10 to 20 percent of those customers have canceled their bookings.
1: This wave has come suddenly, quickly and hard. All the banquet halls are suspended and have zero income. Last time, we could still do some catering, but how it is this time, we even have to consider the risks for our employees.
3: According to the Association of Chain and Franchise Promotion, Almost 4,000 out of 2,469 franchise venues in Taiwan have been suspended across the food and drink, beauty and fitness sectors. They are banking on the latest bailout bill to help these struggling industries.
0: Restaurants in Taipei and New Taipei have had to shift their operations to focus on takeouts and deliveries amid a ban on dining-in that became effective on Monday. Many businesses have been quick to make the switch by launching online ordering platforms and offering discounts on meals to go. For the News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us on a tour to see how businesses are coping.
2: Officials have banned all dining in services in Taipei and New Taipei City in order to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Amid the worsening COVID outbreak, Taipei and New Taipei have banned dining in at all restaurants. Operators have had to adapt to the new reality. Okay. At this Malaysian restaurant, operators have pivoted to delivery and takeout the eatery is trying to keep orders coming with an array of discounted meal sets for two to five people.
1: Since Monday, in response to government regulations, only takeout or delivery has been available. Customers can order delivery through Uber Eats. For takeout, we have launched super value set meals for two to five people in hopes of attracting diners nearby. Yesterday, we counted about 20 delivery and takeout orders. We've got our hours. You're going to put your address in there. And, you know, we've got our appetizer.
2: Meanwhile, this Mexican restaurant has launched an online ordering system on their website that delivers to Taipei and New Taipei.
1: We can do delivery inside Tianmu. Even outside Tianmu, we can do delivery. Let us know how far it is. I mean, if it's, you know, like Taoyuan or something super far, we can still do it, but we're going to have to pay a delivery company and we'll figure out the pricing with that. We dining in is banned at all food and drink establishments in Taipei, be they restaurants or small eateries operating in night markets, department stores, underground streets, food courts and so on they can only offer takeout and delivery services. This is because pulling off your mask to eat and chat, especially when sharing a table, is a very dangerous route of infection.
2: Starting May 24th, diners in Taipei and New Taipei will only be allowed to order food and drinks to go or for delivery. The government hopes the measure can help curb the spread of COVID in the two worst-hit areas of Taiwan. For Most of you, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi, in Taipei.